BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio with your host, Sheriff Joe Bags. Welcome back, Rams fans, to another edition of Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Audible. And with over 480,000 titles to choose from, you can get a free download right now and a free month of Audible. All you need to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash ramshowcase. I am your host, Sheriff Joe Bags, laying down the law for you guys today. Uh, we do have a little bit of news to get into, and of course, we are going to talk about this Rams at Saints game. And uh, this is being, this is turning out to be one hell of a matchup, and it, it's an exciting one for sure. And uh, I'll just say, no one's really given the Rams a chance this week against the Saints, which I find a little interesting considering we are literally halfway through the Rams season, and the Rams have yet to lose. You know, we have had some pretty close games, but we haven't lost any yet. So I find that a little bit interesting, but of course we'll get into that a little bit later. First, we're going to talk about some decently large news, and I for one was extremely excited to hear about this. The Rams have traded for defensive end Dante Fowler from the from the Jaguars. The, the Rams traded a 2019 third round pick and a 2020 fifth round pick to the Jags for Dante Fowler. So that's pretty cool stuff. This this move comes and it's kind of interesting. We heard from Sean McVay say that he had he he had conversations with the Rams general manager Les Snead about potentially making a trade before the deadline and that the position that they would attack if this was something that they were going to actually do would be edge rusher. And that's exactly what we saw with Dante Fowler coming to the Rams. Of course, this now gave the Rams for, uh, 54 players, and you can't have that many. You can have 53, so the Rams did waive Jamon Brown, who started 15 games for the Rams last year at right guard. Uh, he was suspended for the first two games of this season, uh, and because Austin Blythe in his in his spot, he, he played so well that Jamon Brown just wasn't really able to break back out onto the field. And I guess more or less became expendable. The Rams now are lacking offensive line depth, though. So I do think that there are going to be some moves uh, being made, not necessarily real soon, but uh, I think this is something that is going to be addressed uh, moderately soon. And I think it should be. Depth is an issue right now on the offensive line. 
Uh, but Dante Fowler coming in, the, the Rams, their weak spot, if we had to pick out a weak spot of an 8-0 team, uh, the Rams' weak spot was absolutely the edge rusher position. So hopefully Dante Fowler comes in and just absolutely dominates and does some amazing things. So now we have Dante Fowler coming off the edge, and I'm assuming Samson Abukam also coming off the edge. We haven't really heard where exactly each of these guys will be lined up yet, but you know now we have though we have Fowler on the edge rushing after the quarterback, and in the middle we have Nadamik and Sue, Michael Brockers, and Aaron Donald, who are three outstanding defensive linemen. So this is going to be a very fun defense to watch. I'm really excited to see what Dante Fowler can do in a Rams jersey. It's going to be pretty cool stuff. So some news and notes for you guys. Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup appears to be ready enough to play this week against the Saints. Uh, this is something, this is coming straight from Sean McVay, says that Cooper Cup has made progress. He did participate, Cooper Cup did, in pregame workouts last week, even though he was doubtful to play. And you know, obviously he did not play in that game against the Packers. Uh, but it, it kind of led me to believe that the, the chances of him returning this week against the Saints was much higher, and it looks like that is indeed the case. Uh, the Rams are on top of just about every power ranking you can find, and I'm not really a power ranking guy. I'm more of just a record guy, a standings guy. If you're ahead in the standings, you're just better. That's kind of how I like to feel about it, uh, but not everybody's like that, okay? So the Rams at 8-0, the last undefeated team in the NFL this year, and they're at the top of most and the one guy that I always watch and really like, Colin Cowherd, has the Rams sitting at number three as the third best team in the league, has the Saints at one and the Patriots at two. I have yet to watch his video and uh, and absorb his reasoning, and usually he says something and I'm like, okay, I get it, but I'm a little curious about this one. Rams are 4-0 at home, 4-0 on the road haven't lost yet, and have closed out games that are close. I don't see really what the problem is, Colin, all right? But um, you know what? It's all good because by the end of the year, uh, if if Colin Cowherd thinks that we're the third best team in the league in week nine and we do some pretty amazing things near the end of the season, then I'm not going to care, and I don't think anybody else should either. So uh, we got that going for us. Uh, Rams coach Sean McVay, you guys have heard of that guy, right? He is tied for fourth on the list of favorites to take over for the Browns head coaching job next year, which I find, I'll say hilarious, okay, because Sean McVay's not going anywhere. Why would the Rams get rid of Sean McVay, and why would Sean McVay leave the Rams, something that he's kind of built, and go to the Browns? And, and the Browns have a strong roster. That's not kind of my concern here. It's just why would you leave after two years of doing some really amazing things with the Rams. It just doesn't make any sense. So the fact that Sean McVay's even on the list, I kind of just, I, I look at Vegas and I'm like, are you guys serious? Like, why would Sean McVay leave? And why is he fourth on the list of favorites? Why is there not just everybody ahead of him? It should be, there should be every coach in the NFL, and then it should be Sean McVay and Bill Belichick is the very bottom of candidates to take over for the Browns head coaching job. Uh, one thing of note here, though, is... Rams quarterback coach Zach Taylor is now the favorite to be the Browns next head coach. He's at plus 200. So you're not going to be going home a total baller if you put money on Zach Taylor being the Browns next head coach. Uh, but this does open up some positions within the Rams team. And of course, Zach Taylor is a guy that I mentioned, I believe it was just last week of a guy that uh, NFL.com was saying is a, is a coach to watch and a very talented coach, a young guy as well. So 
That'll be kind of cool to see. Uh, I'd be happy for Zach Taylor. I'd be sad for my, for me, because right? I'm super selfish. So I'd be sad for me uh, that we'd have to get a new coach. But for Zach Taylor, I'd be I'd be excited for him. And uh, Sean McVay opened as the favorite, by the way. Just a fun little tidbit there for you guys. Uh, were you guys watching the game uh, this weekend and wondering why the USC logos were still super prominent on the field? Well, there's an answer for that. The actual... Uh, the reasoning that the grounds crew had so much trouble removing those USC layers are uh, the fact that the fog rolled in in Los Angeles on Saturday night. And I know I, I'm not out there, so I didn't experience this fog with you guys. But those of you out there, that is the reason. That was the reason uh, that they were trying to put the paint down and it just it was a little moist out there. So they were having having trouble uh, with getting that USC stuff up and the Rams stuff down. So that's that's what that was. But of course, you know, my first thought when I saw this was uh, that they always <laughs> it's always kind of there. You always see that Pac-12 logo. You always see kind of the USC logo underneath unless they were away and they really had time to to transform the field to the Rams. And then, of course, in the in the end zone, you could see underneath <laughs> said USC underneath Rams. So. Uh, I like the joke that was made is so when you wake up on Sunday with Saturday night's Halloween makeup still on you and you can't get it off. That's kind of what the Rams field looked like for that one. So that was, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't like it. I don't like the fact that the USC logos and the Pac-12 logos and in the numbers, I don't even, uh, first of all, I don't even understand why they really need to change where the numbers are at. I don't know if it's an NFL rule or not. But why can't you just keep the numbers on the field where they're at, which is where they're... I feel like one set of numbers is fine. They're both football fields. We're not completely changing the sport here. But you know what? Maybe there's some rules on that that I'm unaware of. Maybe some of you guys know it. If you guys do, let me know. Let me know if I'm just being a jerk and uh, they they can't do that per rules or anything like that. Uh, don't forget, this Sunday is Daylight Savings. It will go... Will will be at... Uh, 159 and that will go to then one o'clock. So, um, pretty cool stuff. We get a whole extra hour of waiting around for football because who is taking advantage of an extra hour of sleep on a Saturday night into Sunday? Not this guy. I know I'm always going to get as much sleep as I want to in that time period. So this just does translate into waiting around for an extra hour on Sunday, waiting for the games to start. So I know most of you guys out in Los Angeles, I know I have listeners everywhere, but the bulk of them in Los Angeles. Uh, this game is at 125, but it's going to feel like a 225 kickoff for you guys because of that change. It's going to feel like a 325 kickoff for me. I'm really not excited about it. And it's kind of interesting uh, putting it. It's it's in New Orleans being a late game. Uh, I, I, this, that's going to feel like a like a really late game for them, especially with that time change. So uh, I think ultimately they got the worst of it, but uh, I think, I don't know. I hate the daylight savings anyway, so uh, Arizona fans, that is irrelevant for you. Uh, Todd Gurley now has 11 consecutive games with a touchdown, tying the team record. So if Todd Gurley scores a touchdown against the Saints, he will own that record. Of course, Todd Gurley did not score a touchdown in the playoffs last year. That touchdown, the lone touchdown, did go to Cooper Cup. It was Jared Goff to Cooper Cup. So uh, Todd Gurley doing doing the thing man Todd Gurley's having an absolutely incredible season Todd Gurley has 800 rushing yards that is first place in the NFL uh Zeke is second Ezekiel Elliott with 619 so Todd Gurley could probably take a week off and still lead the league in rushing which is pretty sweet uh this is the second time ever the Rams have started a season eight and oh meaning 
that this is the second best start to a season the Rams have had in their entire history. I don't know if I can explain that better. I don't know how much more uh, emphasis I can put in it. And since the merger, this is the single best start to a season the Rams have had. Because, of course, they started 11-0 in 1969, merger in 1970. Some of you guys remember that. I am not one of those. I was born in 1991. But, boy, do I wish that I was able to watch football in, like, the 70s and 80s. Back when it was, you know, real gritty. I like that kind of stuff in my sports. Let's go ahead and go to this Rams at Saints matchup, though. This is the one. This is like the biggest game of the weekend. This unfortunately did not get flexed. And at first I was kind of wondering, it was kind of like, well, this is a good game. I mean, we got 8-0 Rams, 6-1 Saints. How could this game not be being flexed? And simply because it's the second matchup ever between Brady and Rodgers. There is no way the NFL would flex them out of prime time. Just their names alone, no matter how their seasons are going, the, the Rams and Saints just had no shot at that. So, I mean, Goff and Breeze, that sounds like it could be an awesome, you know, historic-like matchup, but nothing like uh, the Brady and Rodgers. So, unfortunately, we aren't going to get this in prime time. Uh, but like J.B. Long said, it's one of my favorite quotes of the year. You can flex the Rams out of primetime. You cannot flex the primetime out of the Rams, uh, which is an, uh, it's a perfect quote. It is absolutely perfect. J.B. Long nailing it with that one. Uh, but this game is on Sunday, 1.25 p.m. L.A. time on Fox. Uh, Saints are favorites in this game by one and a half points. It's been all over the place. It's been one. It's been two. It's been 1.5. Uh, I think it's... Now, I don't know how high it's gone. I want to say it's been up to 2.5, but I'm not totally certain on that. But it has been bouncing around a lot, so expect some shifts in this one. Because the bets, I mean, on the, in this game, people are going both sides on it, so it's going to bounce around a lot this week. Uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman will be on the call. Everybody's favorite duo for commenting on games. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, so that's cool. We get that one. Uh, heads up, it feels like no one's giving the Rams a shot here. Uh, I, if you just Google Rams Saints, then you can see everywhere, all the picks, <laughs> it seems like everybody's taking the Saints in this one. All the headlines say, you know, Saints poised to give Rams first loss and, and all this stuff. And I think that's actually a good thing. This is the first time this year we've gone into a game where nationally it looks like the Rams kind of just could get beat, you know, uh, against the Packers. That was that was one of those games. It's like, oh, well, with Rodgers and all that stuff. But with how that game ended, I mean, who knows what could have happened if Ty Montgomery wasn't a total idiot and take that ball out of the end zone and give Rodgers the ball to 25 down by two. I mean, I'm not going to go totally into that, but come on, man. So uh, this one, it does kind of have that feel that, you know, this this could be the game, but the Saints are favorites. So we're underdogs here. And I almost think that that's a good thing for this team. I think it's a good thing that they're <laughs> they're being looked at as like, you know what, you guys are going to get beat this week. And uh, I, I want to say if that's going to fuel the fire a little bit. So we'll see how this one plays out. But the Rams have had more close games recently than I'm comfortable with. So hopefully, you know, some stuff gets shirred up. No, but we'll talk about matchup stuff here in a bit. Uh, we're going to look at the Saints offense versus the Rams defense. The Saints offense is ranked 8th. The Rams defense is ranked 8th. So that's an absolutely almost perfect matchup. Passing the football, the Saints rank 9. The Rams rank 10. So really close there as well. Uh, running the football, the Saints are tied for 17th. The Rams are 12th. Points scored 33.4 for the Saints. 
that is second in the league, just above the Rams, by the way. And then on defense, the Rams are giving up 19.6. That ranks sixth in the league. So the Rams doing pretty solid on defense. Of course, they're still top a uh, top 10 team. Uh, they did go up from nine last week as far as uh, total defense goes. This is Rams offense versus the Saints defense. The Rams offense is t- uh, second in the league. The Saints defense is 23rd. The Rams offense passing the football ranks 7th. Saints defense 28th. Uh, running the football, the Rams rank 1st. And the Saints defense against the run ranks 1st. So that's going to be an interesting one to watch, especially because the Rams have the best running back in the NFL, which is Todd Gurley. Uh, everybody likes to add in Le'Veon Bell, but we all know Le'Veon Bell is not playing right now. He is not in the NFL, I guess you could say, because he is not playing any any uh, football right now. So, And David Johnson just doesn't. He's, I don't know, no, no one on the Cardinals really looks amazing right now. So uh, points scored, the Rams rank 30, uh, are scoring 33, and that ranks third. So 33.4 for the Saints offense, 33 for the, uh, the Rams offense. And the Saints defense giving up 26.1, which is 23rd. It was kind of interesting. Uh, two years ago, the, the Saints offense was amazing, and their defense was totally just awful. And that was their downfall. Then last year, the Saints defense actually played really strong. And then, of course, we know what their season did. They they had a very strong season. This year, Saints defense looks like it's fallen down again. So uh, if this game does turn into a shootout, I like the Rams' chances, uh, especially considering the Rams in close games have been able to close it out and have not been giving up a whole bunch of points in the fourth quarter. Uh, I want to say that they're best on defense in points given up in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Rams are 4-0 on the road this year. The Saints 2-1 and at home, so that'll be a cool one to watch. I mean, obviously, this, there's so many aspects of this game. It's it's hard to even pinpoint different different aspects of this game of why it's so exciting. Just know that this is like easily the best matchup of the week, so you're going to want to watch this one. If you guys want to find out if you're in the area that is getting coverage for this game, which is most of the country, uh, there are a couple of gray spots where they won't be showing any game on Fox because the local team will be on CBS. Uh, so most of us, though, I, I get it in Colorado Springs, if that tells you anything uh, that, I get, that I get the Rams and Saints game out here. Let's take a look at the history of this matchup. The Rams lead the all-time series 41-33. and 33. Total points scored the Rams have put up 1,678. The Saints, 1,538. So we won't see a change in the guard there uh, as far as record or points scored. I don't think the, the Saints are going to score... What is that? 140 points more than the Rams this week. So I think we're safe there. Uh, the most recent game between these two just last year, uh, which was November 26th, 26-20 win for the Los Angeles Rams. That game was at the Coliseum. The first game between these two was September 17th, 1967. And uh, that was the year my, my parents were born. So if that puts anything in perspective for you guys. That was a 27-13 victory for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, one game of this entire series has been played in the playoffs, and that was in that was you guys probably remember this one. I think most Rams fans uh, remember this one is uh, it was December thirtieth of two thousand. That was a twenty-eight to thirty-one victory for the Saints. A little bit of a news update here for you guys: uh, the Saints rookie Marcus Davenport is expected to miss a month with a toe injury, which is really unfortunate. I feel like just toe injuries are. Or just worse, I guess, because it's like such a small part 
but it can be very painful. So I absolutely feel for this dude. We've all had toe injuries, right? Uh, he had two sacks last week. He was really coming into his own. He was really performing well. So it is really unfortunate to see this guy go down. I don't like seeing injuries on any team. And personally, I, I know a lot of fans don't necessarily feel this way, but I, if I'm going to beat a team, I want them at full strength so that no one can say, well, if this guy was playing, it could have been different or anything like that. I like a team to be at full strength. You beat them, and then what are, what is anybody going to say? They, they, you got beat. That's what they can say, I guess. So, uh, keys to victory. I did this. This is a new little part of this. Uh, I'm doing them for uh, both teams, so Rams and the Saints here. So, so let's take a look at the Rams. Keys to victory on offense, Jared Goff getting rid of the ball quicker. So in in two of the Rams' closest games, and that's the Broncos game, which was a three-point game, and then the Packers game, which was a two-point game, Goff was sacked five times in each game. So uh, getting rid of that ball is going to be very important. Three of those sacks did come on third down against the Packers, and it just didn't seem like the Rams were adjusting properly. So, you know, it, there was no drag routes coming underneath to help out Goff when the pressure was coming so we can get rid of the ball. Uh, and that's what I wanted to see. I was talking about it at the bar. I'm saying, <laughs> sitting there going kind of crazy. I'm like, why is, why is like Cooks not coming underneath and, you know, getting rid of the ball? So uh, Goff getting rid of the ball to him. So you can try to get him, you know, to make a move and use his speed to get a first down instead of sending everybody deep. Goff has no outlets and just has to take the sack because the guys just aren't either looking yet or they're just not open and that pressure is coming. So uh, this is a copycat league and teams are going to see that in our two closest games, well, uh, not our two closest games because we did have that Seahawks game where where Goff was only sacked one time. Uh, that was a two-point win as well. But uh, teams are going to look and see that if you pressure Jared Goff, their offense has trouble moving. So I think this is going to be a cause for concern, especially against the Saints, who who defensively are not really that strong, but their coaches aren't stupid. So they're going to see that pressuring Goff slows down our offense quite a bit. And I think that the the Rams and, and Sean McVay and Jared Goff need to adjust for that and need to adjust and say and, and understand that teams are now going to try to do this because that's what's worked so far for people. And, you know, you, you go back to just last week against the Green Bay Packers, the five sacks on Jared Goff, that almost could have made it so the Rams could have lost that game. I'm not going to say the Rams would have lost that game because I don't know. I don't want to say that just Rodgers touching the ball there at the end would have definitely given the Packers a win because who knows? Maybe Marcus Peters would have had another cool pick six. Maybe there would have been a sack fumble. I don't know. Maybe anything, anything can happen. Uh, and maybe they score. I have no idea. So... Uh, teams are going to look at that and say they had a shot to win that game based on doing this defensively. And there you have, it. I mean, those, those five sacks in, in those, in each of those games, the only two games that the Rams didn't put up at least 30 points. So there is something to it. There is something there. And the Rams offense needs to adjust for that. And, uh, I have a little note here. Where did the screens go? We kind of stopped seeing wide receiver screens. We're not seeing a lot of these screens anymore. We're, we're def definitely seeing it a little less. So I'd like to see that come back. And on defense, pressure breeze. Don't get beat deep. So if you pressure breeze, you're going to force them to go a little shorter. And that does kind of worry me a little bit because you do have running backs for the Saints who can catch out of the backfield and make guys miss. But I think pressuring breeze is going to be important. I think you have to kind of try to get into his head. It's really difficult to get in breeze head. If you ask me personally, I would say 
Drew Brees is the best quarterback to ever play the game. Uh, not a lot of people feel this way, but I definitely do. Uh, and let's see here. On the Saints' end, establish the run game with, and set up play action. I think we have very young linebackers, inexperienced linebackers, and I think that throwing the ball uh, or doing play action, I think, could open up some things for the Saints' offense. And on defense, pressure Jared Goff. They are the best team against the run. That's what we've seen so far. Um, so I think the real key to the Saints' defense uh, in winning this game is getting pressure on Jared Goff. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, hop into our break, though. So uh, that does it for the first half. And on the other side, we've got fan quesos. We have some really good ones, too. So you're not going to want to miss it. For the latest news, player updates, and information, go to Elite NFC West. The team at Elite brings a mixture of personalities to the table. With Smitty's live Q&As, you get the chance to have your football questions personally answered right there on the spot, as well as throw down with some of the most knowledgeable admins of each team in the West. From video blogs to stats, prediction, historical facts, and yes, even trash talk, Elite NFC West has you covered. Like us on Facebook today and represent. Now is the time to get your voice heard. Sports War Radio is now accepting applications for driven and knowledgeable sports fans who want to start their very own podcast about their favorite team. Sports War Radio has an international audience and is growing fast. Don't miss the chance to become the go-to news source for your favorite team. Email sportswarradio at gmail.com and tell us why you would be a great addition to our team. Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. This program is simulcast on WRPR Rat Pack Radio. Go to ratpacksports.com for more information. Welcome to Sports War Radio, the premier all-encompassing sports radio talk on the web. Sports War Radio has something for every fan of every sport. Get the fan perspective on all of the news surrounding your favorite teams. Don't miss any of the action. Follow Sports War Radio on Twitter and Facebook. Catch all of the action at Spreaker.com slash Sports War Radio. Remember, folks, Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. And now back to the Rams Showcase with your host, Sheriff Joe Baggs. And welcome back to Rams Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. Make sure you guys follow myself and Ram Showcase pages everywhere on social media. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase, and at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. Pretty simple stuff there. Uh, we're going to go ahead and hop right into our fan quesos. We do have uh, uh, Dante Fowler's all over these, so you guys are going to get a heavy dose of Sheriff Joe Bag opinions on some Dante Fowler action. Um, so let's go ahead and hop right into it. So, John. Wants to know, uh, will Dante Fowler be more productive than Rob Quinn was in his final year with the Rams? So Robert Quinn didn't necessarily light anything up in his final year with the Rams, uh, which was last year. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident in saying that Dante Fowler is going to play better than Robert Quinn, but first I want to see kind of how he adjusts to being 
that outside linebacker edge rusher guy um, in in this defense in in Wade Phillips defense with these new players. So I think it'll take a few weeks to really get Fowler, you know, not necessarily productive because he's a very good player. Well, he's a very good player. If you if you haven't seen or you know heard of Dante Fowler too much. Uh, it's definitely worth doing like a YouTube search for some highlights and stuff. Kid is really good and definitely is able to generate some pressure. So I would say that age-wise and, you know, recent production-wise, that Dante Fowler is in a position to f- perform better than Robert Quinn did in uh, in his final year as uh, as a Ram. Now, the second one here from John is the reduction of offensive line depth a concern? It absolutely is a concern, John. Uh, that's a solid question. Um, I'm not necessarily sure that, that, you know, we need to freak out because the Rams haven't really had so much trouble with injuries. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, knock on some wood there because because uh, you have to. But, you know, the Rams have been pretty fortunate in that area. And... I think that ultimately that is part of the decision of, of going from him. And, you know, I, I would have probably guessed a guy like Nick Williams would have left, but, you know, the Rams want to go wide receiver heavy and offensive line light. So I guess that that's, that's the way that they want to do it. But ultimately, I feel like this coaching staff has a plan. I feel like they always have a plan. They always know something that we don't. And they're, and they're always kind of working around. And, and an NFL roster is an ever evolving am, animal. So, I don't think that this is, you know, this is right here, the roster that we're going to go into the playoffs with. I think there's still going to be moves. There's still going to be things shifting around. And I do think that we will, you know, add an offensive lineman here or there. So um, we'll kind of keep an eye on it. But for right now, I'm not personally too concerned about it. I'm just excited to see Dante Fowler out on the field. Uh, MJ wants to know, are you worried at all about Fowler's off-field issues? I knew this was going to be a question, MJ. I knew it. I didn't know who was going to ask it. But I knew that somebody was going to ask about this. Uh, and no. Uh, and that's simply because look at all the guys that we currently have and have not had a single issue. Have not had an issue with, with Nadamik and Sue. Have not had an issue with Marcus Peters. Have not had an issue with Akib Talib. And Akib Talib, of course, being hurt, but haven't had an issue with him yet. So I'm not concerned. I'm really not. I think that this is actually a pretty good spot for uh, Dante Fowler. Because uh, Wade Phillips, man, he lets, he lets guys be who they are. As long as it doesn't hurt the team. And I think that everybody really understands that and really takes it to heart and, and does that. You know, they, they are, they'll get in someone's face. I've seen Marcus Peters kind of, you know, John back and forth with some receivers like that, but it never gets to the point where it's resulting in penalties and hurting the team. Uh, Robert wants to know, will Fowler start this Sunday? Who will sit now that we have him? I wouldn't say that he's going to start. I think that we're going to go in as our edge rushers being Longacre and Abukam. Uh, but I will say that I think Fowler is going to get a decent amount of snaps, especially in passing situations where you don't really have to know the ins and outs of the of the scheme of the defense. You can say, "Go get number nine," and when he's got the ball, go hit him. You know, <laughs> and I and I think that Fowler is a guy that you can do that with in a passing situation. Say it's third and twelve or something. You put Fowler out there and say, "Go get the quarterback." Boom, and and you know, it's I I feel like that's going to be the case. Uh, but who's going to have to sit in place? So when Fowler comes out, I'm going to say Longacre. This is the worst we've seen Matt Longacre play in his time with the Rams. He used to be pretty productive when he would touch the field. He did some things that were good. This year 
haven't really seen it. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily his motor or people are keen on him. I don't know what it is. He's just not really getting it done. So I'm going to say that Fowler goes on that side for Longacre. There is potential that uh, it's going to be Abukam and Long. And Abukam and Fowler is what I'm getting at. And I think that they're going to kind of switch around a little bit, see where everybody's comfortable. I think Abukam is better on the other side, you know, attacking that right tackle instead of the left tackle. And I think Fowler will ultimately be attacking that left tackle. But that's speculation. Uh, next one up here from MJ. What's up with Peters? How do we improve the situation with his poor play? And what do you think the cause is? So I'll, I'll attack that one first for you, MJ. Uh, what's up with Peters? I'm going to go ahead and say that that ankle is still bothering him. That high ankle sprain that, that Peters did uh, is dealing with, I think it's still bothering him. And I honestly, I wouldn't be too opposed to see him maybe sit one week, but it's unfortunate because now with Tlaib out, you know, you have your top two corners not in the game. Fortunately, corner is still a position the Rams are pretty deep at. Shields has been playing pretty nice. Uh, Troy Hill, kind of hit or miss, but... Uh, he can play well when when he does, I guess. I don't know if that makes any sense, but Troy Hill can play well. Um, I think the cause is really his ankle, and what we really need to do is just help him out a little bit more. And he needs to stop doing this where if a guy, you know, hits on a corner real quick and then cuts it for a post, that he's not completely turned around and that guy's wide open because that's becoming an issue. That's actually becoming a problem. And Marcus Peters... I, I love Marcus Peters. I was so excited about this uh, trade, but right now he looks pretty bad. And I'm just going to put that out there. I'm not, just because he's a Ram doesn't mean I'm going to say like, oh, he's really good and all this stuff. No, he's playing really poorly and he really needs to uh, to change that because it's not going well right now for Marcus Peters. Uh, next, uh, in that same comment from MJ says, I've noticed that he seems to be much better with a complimentary player across from him to leave when do we get to lead back uh so to has to be out for eight weeks i'm not really looking too crazy into this right now simply because uh, i mean you can take two players off ir and it looks like the rams are going to do that with Farrell cooper and akib to you know right now i i would say it's more important to make sure that a guy like troy hill is performing really well instead of just ha- getting to lead back uh to when did he go on ir i want to say it was about week three or four. I can't remember which team it was that he had that those issues with. Uh, so it, it's going to be after the bye week. Uh, the Rams bye week does land in week 12. And I think that week 13 is when we would get, uh, when we would see to back and potentially Pharaoh Cooper as well. I think they'll both come back at about the same time uh, from IR. So I, if I had to, if I had to take a shot here, MJ, I'm going to go ahead and say week 13 is the, when we'll see to back in action. MJ, also, uh, I'm not going to lie. Drew Brees and the Saints in New Orleans is kind of scary. Thoughts? Absolutely, it's scary. This is a very good team. They're not necessarily the best defensive team, but they're monsters on offense. They have Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Ingram. They've got playmakers on the offensive side of the football. This is going to be a very good test for our defense. And for me, you know, the Rams defense has ultimately been pretty inconsistent and has been giving up, you know, big plays, uh, especially in the past game. But... Well, and of course that run against the Packers, but that was kind of, those happen. You know what I mean? You can't just stuff every single run, uh, but the Rams have had troubles stopping the pass. So this one, because it's Drew Brees, I, that scares me for sure. And they, those running backs, extremely talented running backs who can, 
who can catch out of the backfield and then make you miss and stuff. You know what I mean? So, I mean, Saints offense, though, uh, they're just tied for 17th running the football. So they're not trying to do that too often even. Uh, but they do get those backs involved in other ways, like I said, in the passing game. Uh, Tyler wants to know, where do you see Fowler lining up, OLB or D-end? Uh, he's going to be an outside linebacker. He's an edge rusher, Tyler. Um, defensive end is taken. We have two pretty good ones already. I don't think that they would necessarily rotate those guys out. Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers. I hear those guys are pretty good at football. Um, but yeah, he'll definitely be an outside linebacker. That's where the Rams have had trouble. Uh, Matt Longacre is the guy that I'm pinpointing. I'm calling out by name that uh, this guy is <laughs> is the one that, that really needs to uh, let Fowler play. <laughs> in his place is what I'll say. I don't want to get too mean, but I'm absolutely calling out Matt Longacre. He really has not been playing that well. Uh, he is not the reason the Rams rate. No, I'll say that much. Uh, let's see here. MJ, I noticed last game that Blythe seemed to stand up to point out pass rushers and stuff a lot. Did anyone else notice this? And how much do you think it may have helped slash hurt Goff, seeing as Goff was sacked more last game than all season? Uh, yeah, I mean, most tied for most in one game for Goff in sacks, uh, given up five. And then, of course, uh, the Broncos did have five against Goff as well. But uh, Blythe, I mean, Blythe is a center. So he's I think he's he's trying to be that guy who's calling out stuff. Ultimately, I think it hurt because, you know, a guy like, say, Whitworth or even Saffold on the other side of John Sullivan may not be getting those, that communication. So I think it needs to be Sullivan. It needs to be the center calling out those those blocks. And, you know, Blythe, he's just trying to help, and he's an, he's an awesome player, so he's just trying to do what he can to help the team. But ultimately, man, I think that, it, that those calls need to be coming from the center. And Blythe is a center. That's, that's where he, his position really is. That's where he stepped in last year when Sullivan got hurt. So I think that he's, he's trying to, to be that leader on the offensive line. And I honestly, I hope next year he is our center. Uh, but right now he's the he's the guard and he's I think he's maybe trying to do a little too much. Just pick up your assignment, do your job, and um, make and just trust your trust your team. Trust that Sullivan is is also telling telling Saffold on the other side. It's like all right, this guy's coming, watch out for him, kind of thing. So I I, I want to say that it hurt. I really do. Um, it it seems like on those third down plays and and all the times that Goff got sacked. It just seemed like there was kind of just some miscommunications going on and that, that not everybody knew exactly what they were supposed to be doing. And I don't know if I would just blame that on Blythe because uh, there was ultimately more people coming than the Rams had blockers because they're, you know, they like to pass the ball. And in those situations, you know, five wide receivers sometimes, sometimes five wide and and you only have five five offensive linemen. They're bringing eight guys. It's very difficult to do. Uh, but that's a coaching issue where you now you need to adjust and have some guys, you know, sitting back and and, and doing screens and all that stuff. So uh, I mean, in that situation, yeah, you might have only four guys in coverage, kind of playing a, a zone covering the first down markers and not not letting anybody behind them. But but when you have that many guys coming and you only have five blockers, it's just not going to work out for you. Um, so. Yeah, I want to. I want to say that it hurt a little bit, and hopefully that Sullivan. Hopefully they see that. I mean, if we're seeing these things on TV and we're just talking about them on like Facebook and stuff like that, then I can guarantee that the Rams are seeing it too. The coaching staff is seeing it. I know that you know Cromer is seeing this. I know that McVeigh is seeing this, and I know that that's going to be adjusted accordingly. Uh, next one here. This is the last one. 
uh, from Frank. Help me understand how Troy Hill is so inconsistent. He either plays great or like a high school cornerback. Uh, yeah, actually, I <laughs> it is frustrating, kind of, because you never know like which Troy Hill you're going to get. You know, you don't know if you're going to get this like lockdown Troy Hill or if you're going to get, you know, this Troy Hill who can't keep up with anybody and is giving up, giving up a whole bunch of yards. But what I've noticed about Troy Hill in my time watching him as a Ram, uh, I've kind of just noticed that that when when the receiver is real speedy and real quick and gets in and out of those cuts, cuts on a dime and is gone, he has a lot of trouble with those. And when it's a, p- a bigger guy, maybe a possession guy, doesn't have blazing speed but will go up and get the ball, Troy Hill is really good at defending them. So I think it's just a matchup thing, and I would like to see the Rams adjust with that by using guys like Sam Shields and even Hatfield in those situations to kind of just adjust a little bit. Uh, it, it is becoming a problem, not knowing how well Troy Hill is going to play it, like week in, week out. You can't really bank on Troy Hill having an awesome game, but you also can't bank on him having a terrible game. You don't know. He might have you know two interceptions or he might give up three touchdowns. So uh, I, I think it's going to be a coaching thing. And I think it's honestly, I think it's a little bit schematic and it's it's hard to sit here and say that Wade Phillips is not doing something right. But I think that ultimately is the case right now. I think that that they're just kind of putting these these people in these positions, kind of like how the the third down sacks last week against the Packers, how each of them looked almost exactly the same. A whole bunch of guys coming and every Rams receiver going deep. It's just too difficult for those guys to, uh, they're just not adjusting right. And so I would like to see that adjustment made. I'm not opposed to seeing Hatfield in the game. He started games for us before and has played well. I want to see some more Sam Shields. I think Sam Shields is now getting to the point where he's comfortable playing again. He's a speedy guy. I think that he's finally coming back into being comfortable, being on the field. And I'm wanting him to, I'm wanting to see him a little bit more out there over Troy Hill and kind of, you know, some rotation, of course. Uh, but Marcus Peters also being on the other side, you think that that's such a, a solid spot. You know, you, when you say you have Marcus Peters out there, it sounds real good. But when you look at the tape, it's just not happening. Uh, that does it for my fan quesos, though. Thank you guys for asking those. I, I did go a little bit quicker than I anticipated, I guess. I thought I was going to go a little longer on some of those questions, but I did not. So I apologize for that, for those of you that asked. But uh, kind of uh, sped through just a little bit so uh, maybe we'll get some music for you guys to kind of supplement the time in here um, but make sure you guys follow Ram Showcase everywhere all of the social media that's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase you can also follow me at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase you can also add me as a friend that is Joe Branham that is my name uh, Joe, which is, uh, you should know how to spell Joe, and uh, Brandon is B-R-A-N-H-A-M, B-R-A-N as in Nostradamus, H-A-M as in Muchachos, so make sure you guys do that as well, you guys can add me as a friend. If we don't have any mutual friends, let me know who you are, let me know what's happening, let me know that you heard me on the show, or something like that, you just want to be my friend, because uh, I don't like to accept everybody, because there's a lot of fake profiles going around right now, and it's kind of not a lot of awesome, so... Uh, that is going to do it for me, though. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This is Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio. For those of you that aren't Rams fans, I thought some prayers are with you. For those of you that are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening, and you guys have a great night.
starting this off. The Rams get down so nobody scores. And don't you worry, cause the Rams are rapping. When game time comes, we'll be back to die. We can't sing and our dance is not pretty. But we'll do our best for the team and the city. So get on your feet and clap your hands. Let's ram it right now with the L.A. Rams. Hollywood handsome, Dodge City tough. If you throw it my way, it's gonna get rough. I like to ram it, as you can see. Nobody likes ramming any more than me. They call me Jeter. Nobody dresses sweeter. But under this cool is a quarterback mistreater. I come from the end, looking for the sack. I don't stop coming till I put them on the back. This is limousine with it. My moves are like dreams. They call me the demon on special team. I know how to rock from the toes to the head. When I pull the trigger, I'll knock you dead. I'm a mountain man from West VA. They call me Herc and I came to play. I learned long ago to ram it just right. You can ram it all day and ram it all night. See, if you ram it just right, you can ram it all night. Ram it. 